0: I always have this fear that when I I do get up to do something, somebody has mixed up my pages, or so I always have to check first. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. One of my favorite features on, on the phone is the map app where you type in an address, and within seconds, you can choose from several different routes that will lead you to your desired destination. And yet, even with that map app, I still make the wrong turn sometimes. I thought I was supposed to turn here, but it's a tenth of a mile down the road. Or, I thought I was supposed to take 53A, but it was 53B. Has that ever happened to any of you? Okay, good. It's embarrassing though, even with that map app, that we still get off track, still get turned around. So what does the map app do when that happens? Does it go blank to teach us a lesson? Does it self-destruct? No, It simply reroutes to put us back in the right direction to our desired location, an amazing feature with which I have become very familiar. Sometimes we think we know the right direction to go, only to find out later we were completely wrong. Many years ago, the youth went to Winter Place in West Virginia to go skiing. We left at 5 p.m. on a Friday because of school, and so as you can imagine, it was very late when we reached our exit. My navigator, who shall remain nameless, we didn't have GPS then, had us turn left, and then a mile or so later, we turned right, right into the backwoods of West Virginia. Now, you've heard stories about West Virginia and probably even a few jokes. Well, that night at 11 p.m., those stories and jokes seemed very real. <laughs> we drove for several miles before we realized this was definitely not where we needed to be. It was dark, and although it appeared to be heavily inhabited, there were houses everywhere, there was not a soul to be seen, not another car, not a light, nothing. The kids were nervous. And I was petrified. We finally realized where we went wrong. We backtracked and arrived at our destination. Taking a wrong turn on a highway is inconvenient, but in the larger scheme of things it's not really that big a deal. However, taking a wrong turn in life or thinking that you already know your desired destination as well as how to get there, only to learn you were later that you were wrong the whole time Well, that's a much bigger deal. Many people have experienced this, this realization that in a major part of their life, perhaps their career or marriage or finances or even health, they not only had what they thought their desired destination wrong, they were on the wrong road the whole time. Some people feel like they are making excellent time, but they have no idea where they're going. Others are so busy that they never stop and think about it, only to wonder one day how they ended up where they are. One of the most creative bands ever, the Talking Heads, insert eye roll here, had a hit in the early 80s called Once in a Lifetime. It went like this. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack, and you may find yourself in another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile, And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? The talking heads are not the only ones asking, well, how did I get here? Over the years, I've heard people say, as I'm sure you have, things along the lines of, I never thought my life would turn out this way. Or, I never saw that coming, it broke my heart. Or, I have no idea how my life became such a train wreck. God has provided various map apps for us, scripture, reason, and conscience. We may read the scripture and it's clear guidance for our life, but we forget it or we disobey it. Or we may understand from the reason God has given us what we need to do and yet do the most unreasonable thing possible. Or we may feel convinced in our conscience about something, but we ignore it and persist in doing that thing until our conscience doesn't affect us anymore. So when it comes to guidance for our life, direction for our life, we need more than scripture, reason, and conscience. And thankfully, God has provided more. He provided the Holy Spirit so we can live by the Spirit and be guided by the Spirit. In today's lesson from his letter to the Galatians, Paul wrote, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When it comes to your life, God has provided much more than an app on your phone. God has provided the Holy Spirit to personally guide you in your life and lead you to the right destination. The Holy Spirit assures you in your heart that you are a beloved child of God. The Holy Spirit reminds you that you are not alone. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, and as the prophet Isaiah put it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The Holy Spirit will never lead you the wrong way. So how can you tell if you're being guided by the Holy Spirit? Well, as Jesus put, put in his sermon on the mount, you will know a tree by its fruit. And again, in today's passage, Paul clearly identified the fruit of the Spirit, what it looks like to be guided by the Spirit. Paul begins, the fruit of the Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit will never guide you to hate someone, ever. Scripture tells us God is love, not God is hate. Now this may sound trite, but if you hate someone or you hate yourself, you are not being guided by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Every Christmas Eve we sing joy to the world, not despair to the world or misery to the world. There's already enough of that. The Holy Spirit brings joy. It is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Scripture tells us that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have peace with God. You might not have peace in your family, or peace at work, or even peace in your heart, but you have peace with God, the one who freely gives peace, which surpasses all understanding. God may be calling you to do something that does not make any sense, or you may be in the middle of one of the most stressful times of your life, and yet you sense peace from God, you sense assurance from the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. As you know, we live in an impatient world. Nothing is ever fast enough for us. We cannot wait for anything. If we get an express lane in the store and the person in front of us has more than the, the specified number of items in their cart, they have committed a mortal sin and deserve our wrath. If we order something online, we want it immediately, not next week. In our dealings with other people, we want what we want, and we want it now. Now, I struggle with impatience probably more than most, and I can assure you that impatience leads not only to strained relationships, but also high blood pressure. When you are impatient, it is exhausting to you and those around you. But when you are guided by the Holy Spirit, there is a sense of, that's okay, I can wait. A reminder to those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It also helps your blood pressure. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. The Lord is kind, not mean. Some of you have been worn down by mean people. Mean people at home, mean people at at work, in your neighborhood, and yes, unfortunately, even at church. But again, the Lord is kind, not mean. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to be mean to someone, but always to be kind. The fruit of the Spirit is generosity. God is not a stingy God. God is a generous God, generous in love, generous in mercy, generous in grace, generous in provision. God keeps on giving you more than you need, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you're even aware of it or not. God always gives you more than enough. God even gave his only son to die on the cross for you. Can anyone be more generous than that? A church guided by the Holy Spirit will always be a generous church. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. The older I get, the more aware I become of how fickle we human beings can be and yet how faithful God is. Each one of us knows how it feels when someone you trusted is unreliable or or dishonest or talks about you behind their back, behind your back. Each of you knows how much human unfaithfulness hurts, but God is always faithful. Scripture tells us that even if we are faithless, God remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Human fickleness hurts, but God's faithfulness heals. The fruit of the spirit is gentleness. Gentle people don't do very well in our culture. They are vulnerable to being bullied, being taken advantage of. Gentleness is not highly valued at all. You need to be more assertive. You need to be first. You need to do whatever it takes to win. You need to get what you deserve. You need to have everything you want. But while gentleness is not valued by the world, it is highly valued by Jesus, who said, learn from from me, for I am gentle. Gentle people are spirit-led people. Finally, Paul writes, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. A couple questions for you. Where in your life are you completely lacking in self-control? Is it in your finances or your temper or that addiction that you refuse to admit you have, or that thing in your life that controls you instead of the other way around. The lack of self-control wreaks havoc and has nothing to do with being guided by the Holy Spirit. Now you may think I'm going to stand here and encourage you to step it up in these areas, to work harder at being guided by the Spirit and bearing more fruit of the Spirit in your life, but I'm not. Because Jesus has already stepped up for you. Jesus' entire earthly ministry was guided by the Holy Spirit and filled with the fruit of the Spirit. When the world hated Jesus, he still loved in return. To a world full of despair and misery, Jesus brought joy. When Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offered peace, the world responded with violence. When Jesus was patient, the world demanded more and more, faster and faster. The kindlier Jesus treated people, the more meanly the world responded. When Jesus was generous, the world still took everything from him. When Jesus was faithful, the world was fickle, shouting, Hosanna to the highest on Palm Sunday, and then crucify him just five short days later. When Jesus gently spoke to the outcast gently healed the sick, gently preached words of life to to those who were dead inside, the world responded by killing him in the most ungentle way imaginable. To a world completely out of control, Jesus still expressed self-control, never defending himself when, when falsely accused, never striking back when struck again and again and again. And on the cross, Jesus died for a world guided by its own disastrous desires, a world that in time will know that tree by its fruit of everlasting life. The gospel is good news for those who have been going in the wrong direction, good news for those asking, well, how did I get here? If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who guided Jesus, will guide you to bear the fruit of the Spirit and lead you to the right destination. And every time you make a wrong turn, the Holy Spirit will reroute you saying, welcome back and continue to guide you to everlasting life. Amen.